Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode something or other of the RPG Backtrack. Seven. Uh, is it seven? I think it yeah. is seven. It's episode know. seven. Welcome to episode seven, everyone. I'm your host, as always, Michael Cunningham, and I am here today with our Light Warrior crew. Uh, if you paid attention to last month's episode, you'll know that we have with us Mr. Jonathan Self. Uh, he's our fighter today. Say hi, John. Hi. All right. We also have with us Mr. Glenn Wilson. Uh, I guess he's a, is it monk or master? I don't know. You're the monk, I think. Can I be both? No. Can I be the master monk? The master monk? Okay, you, oh, yeah, can, be that the, works. Okay, you can be the master monk. You can, you, you can wear no armor or do anything. You're better off left, you know, naked and naked. weaponless. Yeah. Naked. I'll somehow think that's Probably not the most appropriate thing in the world. Okay. <clears throat> and also we have with us Mr. Mike Minky, and he is our ninja. So, Lucky me. Lucky you. I know. Well, if you were listening to last month's episode, you know that we were talking about Final Fantasy 1 and 2. Now, continuing with this theme, we're jumping ahead, and we're still sticking with the Final Fantasy series. So if that bores you and you can't stand it, you might just want to cut off now. But... We'll try to be interesting as we possibly can on subjects that I know people are probably sick of hearing of. But the two we're talking unless about today. The title, unless you make the title really stealthy, they probably know we're talking about Final Fantasy before they downloaded it. Yeah, that's rough, Drew. I need to like I need secret to... mystery games. I think I can come up with a slightly stealthier title than I've been doing. So. But today we're talking about two of the lesser known, I would say, of the Final Fantasy series, Final Fantasy III and Final Fantasy V. And, you know, when I'm talking about Final Fantasy III, I'm not talking about Final Fantasy VI, you know, the one with Kefka in it. Uh, we'll get to that later, I'm sure. But we're talking about the actual Final Fantasy III, the one that, you know, didn't even make it to North America until 2006. <laughs> but before we jump into that, I just want to go around the horn and kind of touch base with everybody. Jonathan, what have you been up to recently? Anything fun, exciting, playing any good games, uh, seen any good movies, gone anywhere nice to eat? Oh, let's see. Murdered uh, any kittens? No, nothing like that. I would go eat sushi once or twice, but that's not... It's, more or less uneventful. Um, Gaming-wise, I've been playing a lot of Phoenix Wright. I've never played the games before, and GameStop had this uh, buy two used games, get one free sale. I kind of went crazy on that and bought a lot of things, and uh, I found a complete version of the first Phoenix Wright game and figured since it was going to be cheap anyway, I'd give it a try. And I've mostly been playing that for the last week or two. Really good. But if you've been eating sushi, according to PETA, you've been eating raw sea kitten. Aww. That's Ross? close to eating real kittens. Raw sea yeah, so kitten is pretty tasty, then. I must say. Indeed. So, that's about it for you. <clears throat> I guess, just just from what I know about you and what we've talked about, I'm going to go ahead and call you the enthusiast. Mm. You know, playing off the editorials that have been going around. I think you're... You seem to play more. You seem to buy more games and know more about games than you actually play. I think so. Yeah, that's probably that's probably good. Probably good assumption there. I'm gonna What's your DS collection up to? Uh, I'm probably over seventy. How many of them have you played? Oh, I've I've played. I've probably finished. Ten. No, I've probably <laughs> finished uh maybe forty, and I've played all but maybe eight or nine. I had the eight or nine I haven't played oh. were a lot of the ones that I recently bought. 
or ones that are just ridiculously impossible to finish. Like things like, um, I don't have the game, but like say I had a crosswords game. To finish it, you would have to do all the crossword puzzles and, you know, like, sure, whatever. Yeah. So you haven't, that. you haven't finished Brain Age yet because there are still Sudoku puzzles for you to do? Yeah, so I haven't <laughs> finished that. But, you know, anything that that's pretty linear, I finished. And how many titles will there be in your DS list? Uh, I think I have another 40 or 50 before the list is complete. And that's not... And that's ignoring all the games that might come out in the future. Yeah. Needless to say, I have more DS games than... Uh, probably when I finish, I'll probably have more DS games than I'll have owned currently for all other systems combined. That's just... Wow. Yeah. Very wow. Well, you know, when you... So, yeah. When you find really good deals, you can get some of them for like eight bucks, nine bucks. So... Will you have more DS games or $100 bills in your bank account when you're all done? Uh, I think that goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's skip over to our, um, <clears throat> I'm going to call uh, Mike our importer at slash ninja. What have you been up to recently, Mike? Anything good gaming-wise, personal-wise, anything fun? Mm, gaming-wise, uh, well, I started playing Lufia Ruins of Lore, and I can safely say based on the first two hours that it's not good. Yeah, that's the bad one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, GB, that's the Game Boy one, right? I think the Game Boy Color one was supposed to be nearly as bad, but this one so far is very, uh, something that's not good. Pick your adjective and stick with it. So there's two Lufias for Game Boy? Wow. I must have not been paying attention. One on Game Boy Color, one on Game Boy Advance. Ah, okay. So you read a review and you're like, this game stinks, and then you buy it anyway just to confirm that it stinks. You have that much free time. Uh, maybe. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to say yes or no. You'll have to read the con- read my implications here. Okay. Uh, Anything else personal-wise or entertaining that you can share with us? I thought Caroline was pretty good. Saw that yesterday for three bucks. Oh, that's not three bad. bucks. That's not bad. That's worth three bucks. I have to go see it. <laughs> All yeah, right. Discount theater here that if you can go for the matinee show on weekends, it's three bucks. And that's usually a good deal. Oh, cool. All right. Mr. Glenn Wilson, why don't you sure. share with us? I guess uh, I'm going to dub you more hardcore than casual, I think. You play enough games. You've beaten Valhalla Nights 2, so I think you can <laughs> classify yeah. yourself as being hardcore, whether you want to be or not. I don't play much outside of the RPG genre either, so that would, that would help count me. That's so, cool. for hardcore games, I've been playing Class of Heroes for almost a month now. It's really long, but it's good. And then once I finish that and write a review, I'm free, and I will never write another review again. <laughs> never, ever again? Just picture me just running around my hotel room naked out of happiness and freedom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to not laugh I'm sorry. I'm drinking. Yeah, finish swallowing first, then laugh. <laughs> Okay. So that's about it on my plate. I'm traveling a lot now, so I don't really have much time to play console games. I'm still in the middle of Mass Effect, and I'm in the middle of Romancing Saga. And I started The World Ends With You last week, or when the PSP oh, battery dies. Yeah. You enjoying that one so far? Yeah, I can see how people liked it. It's a, it's a good game. It really grabs you. It, it definitely does a good job of grabbing you right from the start, instead of boring the hell out of you right at the start, like most RPGs do. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I did enjoy that one as well. As did the rest of the site, you know, per yeah. awards for this year. 
So, yeah, so it's a good time for me. I'm in the middle of three games I like a lot. Excellent. Well, uh, I, yeah. to confirm that I am an importer, I just played the Super Famicom version of Magic Knight Ray Earth. Yeah, uh, we didn't need any proof. We really don't. <laughs> okay. We've known you. We've known you long enough before you even started working here that, yeah, you're the importer clearly. <laughs> well, that's cool. And I don't there's no know. real competition. I know. I guess you know I'll have to battle. Glenn for the hardcore side because oh you will lose unless we're battling in Rondo of Swords yes because I rule at that game and nobody else except for poor Max has been able to beat it uh, did uh, Fire Mist give up he got halfway through and just gave up I think I don't think he found it too hard he just just quit playing right he realized that it was a crappy it. game it's a great game they need to make a sequel right now didn't Max have to restart four times to beat it. What is wrong? I don't know. Uh, Any game I have to restart four times is never getting beaten. They seriously do need to make a, a sequel to that. They're already making a sequel to Class of Heroes, so they need to make a sequel to this. Well, Class of Heroes <laughs> is good. That's so you say. Yes, yeah, so, well, I, have, I guess I haven't said it yet, since I don't get to write the review for a week <laughs> or two, but yeah. Okay. But I guess the only thing I've been playing, I'm getting ready to download, I guess, The Pit tomorrow for Fallout 3 and give that a shot, see how the auto-axe works. But <clears throat> other than that, the only thing I've been playing is Legend of Heroes 2 for the PSP. I finally decided to, you know, pony up and I've purchase those. That. It's that the god-awful PSP games that smart people avoid, or no? It's a it's a Falcom now, game. A terrible translation, is that right? It it does. It's a it's a Falcom game, just like Ease, yeah. and I guess their dungeon crawler game called Brandish. Legend of Heroes is their traditional RPG series, hmm. whereas you know Ease is their action RPG series, and they've been around for a while. And Legend of Heroes is all the way up to six now, and six was a trilogy at that that just came out in Japan, and apparently nobody's willing to touch it because it's so much localization. It even comes on two UMDs, the first episode of it does. So it's pretty huge, and nobody here in North America has wanted to touch it yet. But I'm playing two because you know, I've heard from people that had played all three of the PSP versions that are out that said they were pretty good and enjoyable. Are you talking about me- Sean? No, it was uh, Megalink and... Ooh, not getting better. <laughs> Okay, I guess Wordwad can be trusted. Yes. I haven't seen a Megalink recommend a game that isn't like, this is only out in Japan and all of you know Japanese, therefore you can easily buy it. Well, he was the one that recommended this in, I think it was the Recommend an RPG thread, and uh, I was going through there and I decided to do it. And he had, of course, probably played the Japanese versions, and they did some screwy things. They had to, like, flip-flop them when they brought them over here. Like, the first one that came out here was actually number three, and the one that I'm playing right now is actually number two, and I don't know, it's really crazy, so I'm playing it. It's a fun game, but the localization is absolutely horrific. It's by, uh, Namco Bandai is the one that did this. I swear, I mean, they're missing words during a sentence. They'll leave out words. Uh, they'll use, like, may instead of many. Uh, just all kinds of fun stuff, but enough about that stuff. We can get into those later. Let's get into the meat of this stuff. I'm going to go ahead and start <coughs> with a game that I guess we'll start further down in the series. I'm going to start with Final Fantasy V. Now, Final Fantasy V was actually, out of these two games, the first one that we actually saw here in North America. And we saw it 
as part of Final Fantasy Chronicles on the PlayStation. <laughs> You need to start the pirate accents. Like, Arr. it started with, you know, it started. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, play to Ferris, the pirate captain who captures the party as they go throughout the, I guess they're sneaking onto her ship. Is it, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. But... his ship. <laughs> oh, his ship. I meant his. Yes. <laughs> Didn't mean to spoil that. That was the great plot scene where they're like, we need a ship. We'll sneak into the pilot, pirate lair, walk by all of them, hop on the ship, and just steal it with the three of us who've never been on the ship before. Exactly. So you start off with Bartz, uh, the greatest name ever. And in Japan, they call him Butts. So that's an even cooler name ever is calling him Butts. Um, so just the very fact. Hey, can you butt some butts? So what? Can you bump some butts? You can. You sure can in this game. Yay! <clears throat> but you start the game as Bart's and his awesome chocobo, Boko. Boko. Yeah. So they're kind of hanging out and just kind of chilling. Next thing you know, there's a big earthquake going on. A meteor's hit. And Square was of- actually more inventive back in the day because the chocobo in their last chocobo game was named Chocobo. But a long time ago, they named him just Boko instead of Chocobo. I know, Boko. It's creative. It's yeah, endearing. They're going kind of, the wrong way on their creativity. I wonder what they're going to name the little Chocobo that's in the guy's head and the dude's hair in Final Fantasy XIII. Maybe they'll have a throwback to That's Chocobo such a ridiculous character. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll just call him Ko or Bo. There you go. Bo would be good. <clears throat> but yeah, you start off and... Uh, Next thing they you call know, him, they should call the bird, like, uh, Choco. Like, we're referencing chocolate, because the guy whose hair he's in is black. That would work. There you go. Chocolate. <laughs> oh, Glenn. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. Okay. I should be a localizer. Anyway, what were you saying? I don't remember. I was talking about Final Fantasy IV, I think. About the Chocobo? Yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah, you go to the meteor, and you find this old dude that's, you know, just kind of lying unconscious, and you're like, I must help you. So you help him out, and he doesn't have any memory of where he's come from, and you kind of go help oh, him out. And... Isn't there a helpless yeah. princess surrounded by goblins nearby, too? Isn't there always? You know what? There is a helpless princess saved by goblins. And you kind of find everybody right at the beginning. You find uh, Princess Lena, and I guess... <clears throat> what she go by? Did she go by the same thing in the localized versions? That's one thing with these games. They've changed the names. Yeah, I guess it was Lena that she still found, or that her name still was in these other versions, too. But pretty quickly, you got a party of three people just right there at the beginning, and they've kind of met up, and they're all buddy-buddy. And like you said, they go and try to steal a pirate ship. Um, I guess, you know, before we go too far into it, we've seen two different versions of this game. We saw the PlayStation version that came packed in. Final Fantasy Chronicles Edition, and we also saw the Game Boy Advance version just, uh, I guess, in 2006 is when it was, because we talked about it in one of the backtracks. And <clears throat> the localization on that one was very interesting, and I think that's one thing that I really wanted to touch on. The localization in the PlayStation version was just kind of plain Jane. It was, uh, you know, everything was just kind of straight down the line. There wasn't anything very unique about it. And Final Fantasy V is a real tongue-in-cheek kind of game. And that's one of the things I like about it. You know, you've got uh, the recurring little uh, 
boss that you fight, the evil henchman uh, Gilgamesh. It's kind of his first introduction to the Final Fantasy series. And, you know, that's the cool thing about him. He's kind of like a joke character. Nothing about him is really serious at all. Um, He keeps trying to fight your party and, you know, failing horribly. (laughs) And doesn't he half succeed the first time and then someone comes and rescues you? But then all the other times you just crush him? Probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying this like I remember. I don't yeah, think. I think the battle on the bridge, he he beats you, and someone, like a dragon comes out of the sky and, and helps you out. All right. And the barrier goes up and flings everyone across the world. Something weird like that. Nice and jokingly. Either way, he was. Uh, he's always been, and he's been a recurring character in other games since then. You know, he appeared in... Uh, I guess they made him an Esper. Yeah, they stick, yeah, they stuck him in as an Esper in uh, Six and Dance, as I recall. And he was tossed in as a Guardian Force in Final Fantasy VIII, Glenn's favorite. <laughs> yep, yep, I remember that. And he was really, really cool in Final Fantasy XII, because that was like my favorite fight of that entire game, is to go yeah. through and try to fight those two Gilgamesh fights. So he kind of started, uh, and he kind of became a staple of the series at that point, as... Um, you know, it's just really cool that he was able to jump in there and kind of start a, a trend, like, you know, the Chocobos and Mog and all those things. <clears throat> but do you all remember anything? Is there anything about Final Fantasy V that really stood out for you that was really, really fun? I know the localization of Final Fantasy V Advance is probably the one that's the freshest in my mind and the most unique. But uh, what about you all? Uh, what about you, Mike? Well, a friend of mine... Before I talk about Advance, let me just mention that a friend of mine did play it in Chronicles, and he told me that the localization, with regard to Ferris, made her, I'm sorry, that was a spoiler, made Ferris into the most obvious pirate ever. Every line was, dar me mateys, how you be doing now? Dar, 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 something along those lines. Painful. It's painful as... No, Is that what really turned him off to it? You didn't like the the way Ferris was portrayed, the fact that he certainly didn't like that. But I think he was also kind of ticked off at the load times. Yeah, that's a bad thing there. But was there anything that was really memorable for you? Okay, what I I took a good month or so to finish Five Advance because I really enjoyed the combat, honestly. The job system is really addicting, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that in depth. Yes. The plot, it's joking, like you said. There's nothing substantial here, but that's fine, because it's not about the plot. This is not a game you play for the well-defined story and the characters who will make you cry and laugh and pull at your heartstrings till the sun comes up. (laughs) This is a game you play so that you can kick monster butt all day long. And it does that excellently. So it's definitely not one of the games that you want to pick up just for the sake of the story. You know, a lot of people will claim that they play RPGs for the story, and I guess in some aspects, you know, that can kind of be true. But you don't want to take the story as the whole aspect, because you're not going to find fantastic stories in most of these JRPGs, especially Final Fantasy V. It was very, very, I guess, kind of shallow on the story end. But the way it's told and the way it goes about it, Especially, like you were saying, in Final Fantasy V Advance, 
is it's a whole lot better. And they, they did a really good job of kind of modernizing that localization to something that's kind of akin to like Lunar. It was, Do you know if the localization yeah, was silly in the original Japanese version too? Because, I, I mean, when I first heard about it years ago, my my thought was that the local localizers messed up on the PlayStation version and kind of, like, rushed and made this goofy translation, and that's kind of become its legacy in America, was what I thought a few years ago. But I've never gone back to see, you know, was the Japanese version goofy and full of puns, too? You know, I don't know. But, um... Yeah, I don't know either. Mike? Yeah, Mike, I'm not tell sure us. This. You're the importer. Yeah, importer. <laughs> hey, just because I had the Final Fantasy V for the Super Famicom doesn't mean I played it much. Okay. Well, do you remember uh, reading lots of Japanese puns? Uh, no, but then my Japanese isn't good enough to pick up many puns. All right. I, I'll say this. We've seen the events of Final Fantasy V, and if you take those seriously any language, you're in for a bad time. So I'm going to suggest... The Japanese version was nearly as silly as the English version. Because all the other Final Fantasies are so serious. This was the only one that was totally goofy on the PlayStation. And then on Final Fantasy V Advance, I mean, it was still pretty silly. What? <clears throat> which ones did you play? Did you play Advance and the Chronicles version both, or did you just play Advance? I never had a PlayStation 1. Uh, I had a friend in college who had it, and I played Final Fantasy VI on the PlayStation and thought the load times were so terrible in the menus that I didn't finish it. And I'd heard, on, I'd heard from other people that Final Fantasy V's local, localization was terrible. So between hearing that the translation was bad and the load screens being bad, I just kind of decided I would never play it. Uh, it didn't occur to me at the time that they would eventually port it again, but I was just going to pass on it. So no, I didn't play it. And then when it came out on uh, GBA, I played it in 2006. Okay. So... What what turned you away from it, Jonathan? Why did you not pick up Final Fantasy V Advance? Or do you have it and you just haven't played it? The reason why I didn't pick up Final Fantasy V Advance is because I was probably addicted to World of Warcraft about that period of time. Uh, and as how we all know, when you when you play World of Warcraft, you don't play anything else. So, yeah. That's about all I have to say about And I... Is it you? World of Warcraft... Hey, I wish I could get all those hours back, but I can't. Oh, there's I felt like you were allergic to World of Warcraft, and that was the sound of you blowing your nose. <laughs> oh, maybe it is. Um, I'm hissing at him horribly. Uh-oh, somebody's playing. Mike? Yep. Not me. I think that was someone calling Neist to tell him to stop talking about World of Warcraft. Someone <laughs> sensed it. I was calling him directly from my phone to let him know <laughs> not talk about it anymore. But, okay, so those that have played it... Sorry, Jonathan. I really am. We're going to get to something that you've played one of these days. I promise you we will. And we're bound to do it soon. Sorry about that. I think, I don't know if the rest of you, but for me, the one that's most fresh in my mind is Final Fantasy V Advance. Do you all remember how out there that localization was? Uh, just, you know, some of the dialogue in there. I remember there was one battle that you won, and it was like, yeah, he got served with Cheddar biscuits and all kinds of stuff after you beat some lobster, making like a bread lobster reference. Because, man, those cheddar biscuits are really good. I like those. Sorry, I, mm, I just biscuits. ate. I shouldn't be thinking about bread lobster <laughs> cheddar biscuits. But you beat this, you know, this sea creature. And, you know, Bart's pops up with 
you know, talking about cheddar biscuits and stuff like that. And it, it was just crazy the way. Wasn't the that, that one of the screenshots? I remember like one of the, one of his fish jokes he makes early in the game on a beach was like one of the screenshots that was shown around a lot as like proof that the game was still goofy even in the advanced version. Mm-hmm. I think I do remember seeing that one in one of them. I think I used one of those for my review that I did of Final Fantasy V. And, you know. So when you think of Final Fantasy V, the goofiness is the, is what defines it for you mostly? It really does. Um, <clears throat> there's, I know the job class is big because, you know, we'll, we'll touch, a, touch on that here in just a minute. But, you know, in talking about Final Fantasy V and Final Fantasy III, they're really, you know, the core job class games. <sighs> the gameplay of them is something that's really, really gonna be kind of, um, a key aspect for you because you're not playing either of those for the story. Um, if you are, you're going to be sadly disappointed. So you're really playing them for the gameplay, but just the fact that what little story there was, was kind of tongue in cheek and funny instead of just being really boring and dry and trying to take itself seriously made it worth going through, you know, when it was just battle after battle, maxing out jobs, leveling job classes, stuff like that. So, you know, it's not like I was going through it because I really wanted to see the, you know, these heroes go through and save the worlds. You know, I could care less about that. I was just wanting to see what was said next. You know, <laughs> the quirky little things. Here, I found the exact quote is like, that lobster just got served with cheese biscuits and mashed potatoes. Yep. That's a screenshot <laughs> I remember seeing. So. That's great. You know. <laughs> Considering it, it's just not a very epic story, and you know, people toss around the word epic really easily nowadays, but for Final Fantasy, that's kind of what you have come to expect from them, is to try to do something epic. The fact that they really did just kind of lay back and made something that was humorous. When I played it, I didn't think the plot was that bad. I didn't think it was as, you know, retarded as everyone else seems to think it was. I mean, I noticed the puns, I knew it was goofy. If you take out some of the Stranger twists and just describe the plot. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty epic, and I liked some of the things that they did in it. The problem was that it wasn't well told at all, and you didn't care about the characters at all. And at least for me, when I think of a good plot in a game, I'm a lot more interested in the character interactions and whether or not I care about the sissy boy with the midriff showing and the blonde spiky hair. You know, <laughs> do I care about him and what he's doing in his world or not? A huge and that sword. was what Final Fantasy V just didn't try to do at all. I mean, Final Fantasy IV, you can look back now and say the plot was pretty bad, and a lot of the transitions that drove the plot were really bad. But even when you play it again, you still care about the characters that are in it. Five, I mean, five literally, like, what, two-thirds of the way through the game just swaps out one character for another, and you're just supposed to accept it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, just, here, my magical spirit gives you all my powers. Palette swap time, (laughs) now you have a new party member who's identical to the last one. Same exact skills and everything, yep. Exactly. So, so that was, I didn't think the plot was terrible as so much as well, the story was bad, I guess. The storytelling was really bad in Final Fantasy V. So what drove me to keep playing it was the job system. And, okay. and I enjoyed it a lot. It was like a, you know, a lost Final Fantasy. I don't remember what I, what came out first, Final Fantasy III or Final Fantasy V in 2006. Do you know? Um, they came out around the same month, I believe. They were both November what? or October. That's what I hope. <clears throat> Well, I'll assume that I played Final Fantasy III first, probably then, because I think I got that right after it came out. Let me see. So, we got uh, November November sixth was the Game Boy Advance of Final Fantasy III, and then November fourteenth was when Final Fantasy III came out. 
So within like a week. <laughs> okay, so I probably played five last then. So yeah, that's, that was kind of my memory. It was five was the last Final Fantasy that I played. And, you know, it was fun. I It was nice playing. I've always wished that Square would go back and make a, you know, a real old school game that would have fit on the Super Nintendo. You know, don't really have to try to do anything crazy and new. And this was back when games were so simple. The guy that designed the job system for Final Fantasy V was the same guy that invented the active time battle system for Final Fantasy IV. It was the same guy that invented Espers for Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just take, you know, pay someone to come up with a good idea and kind of make that your character gameplay gimmick, and that could drive an entire game. And I miss those times. You can take a traditional Japanese RPG 2D sprite battle system game, throw in one or two interesting gimmicks, and you know make a 20 or 30 or 40 hour game out of it that's fun. And that, for me, Final Fantasy V was the last game like that I ever played. I mean... We'll see what Black Sigil's like when it comes out, but I mean, it's I, I still like that idea that you can take a really simple game and throw in a gimmick. And no, uh, I didn't, I didn't care a lot for the puns. I, I have higher standards with my puns. Uh, <laughs> I prefer what Atlas does, what Atlas has been doing the last couple of years, is games that make me laugh. Whereas Final Fantasy V made me groan. I mean, even if you like the puns, they made you groan more than they made you giggle, right? Yes, uh, it was more like, did they seriously just say that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that really a line? I have to write this down because there's no way this was actually in this game. You're but, trying to, like, you write down mistranslations to send a square. Like, we think we found bugs in your review code. <laughs> These lines cannot possibly be translated correctly. No. But, it, you know, it was it was fun to see those kind of things in there. And <clears throat> like I was saying, it, you know, it's nothing along the lines of the humor that Atlas has been able to do with a lot of their games. So, I don't know. I was I just like the fact that it did kind of take that – and. You know, touching on what you said for Black Sigil, I don't think it's going to have the same kind of, I don't think it's going to have any gimmicks that are really going to draw people in as much as some of these older Final Fantasy games are. I think it's kind of like a, a first shot for these guys. So, yeah. you know, not to shoot it down, but from what little I've played of it, it does seem, you know, just a little more traditional, like they're not trying for gimmicks. So, And that was also when I played uh, Ease 1 and Ease 2 for the first time last month. I mean, those were both very simple games. And only had a couple gimmicks to them. I mean, they were very, very simple. But I enjoyed them. I mean, you can you can take a very basic... I mean, yeah, it was in 3D, but I mean, it was pretty much... It played like a 2D game, you know. Mm-hmm. You can only move in... <laughs> you can only move in two dimensions and whatnot. So it just... I like games like that, that are simple and fun, and just have one or two good ideas, and do them really well. And that was what Final Fantasy V was. It, you know, it took the job system, and it did it really well. Mm-hmm. And everything else was not bad enough to drag down the experience. It was just kind of there. Now, before we stop talking about the story altogether, I think we must mention this is probably the only JRPG in which an evil tree is the bad guy. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good old X-Death, who really should be called, I guess, Exodus, as Final Fantasy XII tried to show us. Maybe would have been a little more appropriate translation, but I guess we'll still have to stick with X- X-Death. The yeah, the final boss tree. of this game is an evil tree. No! <laughs> Those trees are evil. Sorry, Sorry if we just and, spoiled all this for you. he's not an evil tree, he looks remarkably like somebody from uh, Final Fantasy IV. Does yeah. he look at all like Golbez to anybody? Golbez? Or, Do you mean Zeromus? Well, I'm thinking of Golbez. Uh, I thought his final form looked a lot like Zeromus. No, but... During the, during the earlier parts when you fight him, he's just a big suit of armor. He looks remarkably like Golbez to me. Oh. 
I, I thought you were talking about his final form. Oh, his final form it's, was... Uh, uh, EOX death, or whatever it was called, when he untreed. And Caution, became... ladies and gentlemen, this podcast contains spoilers <laughs> for Final Fantasy V. And oh, Final yeah, Fantasy yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you better watch out from now on. Spoiler warning. I mean, but I mean, really. How, um, how long yes, has it been out? How long has it been out since the... How long Not only it's been out for a long time, nice, but we just said the story was terrible. Yeah, so, so I mean... Yeah, it's it's no big shocker. So, yeah. <laughs> Alright, oh, so... It, one other thing. Anybody actually beat... Uh, what's his face? Omega Weapon? Is that his name? In which one? In 7? 5. 5. Uh, wasn't no, Omega it, Weapon in 5? There's, there's Shinryu, and there's the other guy that's wandering around, and oh, yeah. if you're stupid enough to bump into him, he'll massacre you. I'm going to go with no. Optional combat's not really my thing. It, it makes games a little too hard. <laughs> I try to avoid those. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think we just lost somebody. Was it me? Glenn just decided to just leave us. He, he got sick us. of talking with us, so I'm going to see if I can find him. Hold on just a second. Add color. Lynn. You said you could leave. One second while he returns. Boop, 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 boop. Apparently he got attacked by Omega Weapon or whatever the name of that little optional character is and died. When I first went through that area, he's near the end, and there's this, just this thing wandering around, and I thought, oh, well, this can't be anything too bad. I've destroyed everything in my path so far, and I take him on, kind of accidentally, and womp, 30 seconds later, I'm dead. He's just that powerful. Yeah, I remember, that's one thing about Final Fantasy V, uh, the initial time that I played through it, uh, it looks like Glenn's had to reboot or something. So we'll get him back on here in just a second. We won't go too far without him. But, uh yeah, it's one thing I remember about Final Fantasy V when I was first playing it on the PlayStation was there was a lot of random battles. And it seemed to be, you know, if you enjoyed the battle system and wanted to play a lot, you definitely got your opportunity to level your jobs and level your characters and all of that fun stuff. But, go ahead. Oh, I, I only said definitely. Definitely, yeah. Because just all of the things that went into this were really focused on the job system. You know, you had plenty of time to go through and... Um... <laughs> Hold on just a second. Jonathan, are you with us still? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Let me see if I can... Re- oh, no, don't want to chat. I want to add. It would be bad if I got dropped because I'm recording everything, so... I know. For some reason, he thinks that you exploded, though, Jonathan, but I think Glenn exploded. He's the only one that left. It was me that exploded. Sorry about that. You exploded. I think the hotel noticed I didn't surf the web for 30 minutes and disconnected me. (laughs) Stupid hotel. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely thought it was nice, but now I changed my mind. (laughs) We were joking that you must have been attacked by one of those hard optional bosses in Final Fantasy V and died. So. Uh, yeah, well, that's what I was hearing about whenever I, I exploded, but I don't I don't remember them. I don't remember Final Fantasy V, like, the details, the bosses, that well. I think that's why Gilgamesh became such a big recurring character later, was 
right now, the only thing about Final Fantasy V I remember is the battle on the bridge, and then, you know, Evil Tree at the end. I, I remember no other bosses, really nothing else about the game. And along with Battle on the Bridge, brings up my favorite, favorite Final Fantasy piece. I guess not my favorite favorite, but one of my favorites of all time is the... I guess it goes by Battle on the Big Bridge or Clash on the Big Bridge or Battle on the Bridge. I've seen it, you know, translated a bunch of different ways, but, you know, it's Or the song from Final Fantasy V that gets replayed a lot. Yes, that gets replayed a lot. Good. It got uh, arranged by Sakamoto in Final Fantasy XII, and I just absolutely love that that piece. It's the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. You know, how can you not love that? Sorry. I'm not going to try because I do. I know. I See, know. I was going to say, and I planned this way before you said that, that mm-hmm. I think that Final Fantasy V and, and also Final Fantasy III are examples of why Uematsu is not the best composer ever. <laughs> it's because everyone wants to remember the one or two games he did that was fantastic and forget all the ones he did where you don't remember a single song from it afterward. But Battle of the Bridge is a good is a good counter to that. I think that's like the one song from Final Fantasy V that was good. Yeah, but, I can I can name three like, right off the bat. Like, what were you saying, Jonathan? I was just going to say that you know anybody who does anything creative is like that though. I mean, like, you know, if you look at any of the famous artists, you only remember ten of their paintings when they could have painted five hundred. So I mean, Beatles weren't like. Yeah, but the Beatles are like that. Yeah, but well, be- now we're comparing those are exceptions to the Beatles and Elvis. <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, like, comparing Uematsu to the Beatles and Elvis. Okay, you can't like in a. I think like, he would probably not, be flattered. Yeah. I can name more in sync songs than I can name Blue Monster songs. <laughs> I could say I'm I do. Sure I do. It says about you, Glenn. <laughs> it says that Uematsu didn't do nothing outside of Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy VII. Oh, but he did Lost Odyssey and Blue Dragon, and you know those. Oh, don't get me soundtracks. started on Blue Dragon's music. No. <laughs> no, I love Uematsu. I do. I don't think he's not my favorite um, composer. Uh, my favorite composer would be Yosunori Mitsuda. Or Yasunori. He, uh, he did uh, Chronos Krieger, mm-hmm. Chrono Cross, uh, Xenosaga, Episode 1, Xenogears. Uh, I on. haven't played both of his games. I actually don't like the, the soundtrack of Chrono Cross that much either, but I do like Chrono Trigger. Yeah. He did the majority of the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, uh, and Uematsu, Uematsu had, uh, I think like eight or ten of the tracks on Chrono Trigger, and a lot of times he gets more credit for it than, uh, Mitsuda does, but I love Mitsuda. Chrono great is a good yeah. soundtrack. Wasn't great, great music. first composition job? Pardon yeah. me? Chrono Trigger was, yes. Okay, that's so. There's actually some really, this is completely off topic, but some interesting stories about Mitsuda is apparently, to help him uh, compose music, he would fall. He would sleep in his uh, his studio with the music on, so he'd wake up and instantly remember what he wanted to add to the song, and add it real fast, then go back to sleep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Those Japanese people are crazy. Japanese are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome though, because I mean, I love RPG music a little too much. Probably I have more RPG soundtracks on my iPod than I do actual songs, so. Yeah, I don't. I don't well, I, really know I, what I don't that says bash, about me. I don't mean to bash Uematsu, but I just I thought that his uh, the peak of his career was kind of Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VII for me. I mean, he he did plenty of good game soundtracks, but I think the love for him now is based on not a lot that he's done in the last decade. 
I agree. And, you know, I guess it's it's a good thing. We can easily talk about him in this um, setting. I know, <clears throat> I think Final Fantasy VI and Seven were two of his best right there. He really did go all out on those. And I'm not a huge Final Fantasy Seven fan, but that is one thing I absolutely do love about it is the music that he composed for it. And yeah. kind of after that, Final Fantasy Nine, Eight and Nine were, the, you know, kind of tailed off. He did some epic kind of epic sounding orchestra, uh, orchestral stuff that he tried in, you know, in those next couple that really didn't seem to, you know, people love them. And I, I still enjoy a lot of them. I didn't think nine was the best in the world. And I know if Ethan happens to listen, yeah, yeah. Ethan he, said it go up his spine. and you know, he, he didn't even, Ethan is sitting in Starbucks right now, wondering why he feels so cold. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yeah, you know, ten he didn't even he shared composition with. It was split between you know him and two other composers. So I guess that's why you don't really remember as much from then on, because he wasn't really doing as much from then on. He just kind of became like the main theme composer. But yeah, that's one thing I definitely wanted to touch on was uh, Clash on the Big Bridge or whatever its translated name really is. Um, well, you said, I, when, I, when I challenged Five for being mostly a dud, you said you could name two others from Five. What else yes, did you think uh, was good? There's another one called Home Sweet Home, and another one called Dear Friends. And Dear Friends is actually the one that, you know, they started a concert tour of. Yeah, concert they named the concert after it. Over. It was uh, Dear Friends. I don't think I have either of those on CD. They're good. I'd recommend them. And if you get a chance to find the piano collection for Final Fantasy V, uh, they're they're fantastic in there. They've got those two and Battle on the Big Bridge both on there. And, you know, it, it's not an outstanding soundtrack. I will totally agree with that, but it's not a complete dud because it does have a few really standout pieces, which I'd actually heard before I ever even played the game and had enjoyed outside of the game, you know, so just hearing them in the game was even cooler. <sighs> but I'm I guess... Tom is the Celtic village one or no? That's four, right? Yeah, they did Celtic Moon... For four, for, but not for any no. others. I don't remember it. Like it sounds like it came from a Celtic big band, right? Um, you know, I can't remember between the two. That's the scary things. I know them by name. <laughs> They're so good. They just kind of mingle together in my brain. <laughs> they don't stand out as much as you know, Clash on the Big Bridge. But <sighs> enough about music. Let's get let's get a job. Let's pick a job. And by picking a job, you have plenty of options to do that in Final Fantasy V. I mean, you have way, way, tons and tons of options. And <clears throat> we can kind of transition over into Final Fantasy III from this, because you can't really talk about one without, you know, semi-referencing the other, because Final Fantasy III is the one that kind of, it started the job system. Final Fantasy V is the one that took it and just flew with it, because... <laughs> Made it better. Oh, yeah. Made, made it enjoyable. <laughs> made it not a pain. But, um, yeah, Final, Final Fantasy V's job system was fantastic. There was 22 in the original version, and they added four new jobs to the Game Boy Advance version. 22 job classes. You know, it's fairly impressive that you had that many options. And you, you got them spaced out throughout the game as you found crystals. You'd open up, like, four or three different jobs as you got to them. And it did kind of do do some good pacing. And 
it's easy to say that some of the jobs weren't as enjoyable as the others, but it at least gave you the option to pick what you wanted to do and how you wanted to fight and go with it from there. You know, <clears throat> does this really stand out as the, you know, definitive job class game in the Final Fantasy series for you all, or is it, you know, maybe drowned out by tactics? Do you think tactics maybe even something that overshadows it? What do you all think about the job class? <laughs> Should what do you think, Mike? A discussion of uh, non-tactical games. Pardon? Should we include tactics when we're not discussing tactical games at the moment? We can. Uh, we don't have to. So you can okay. avoid tactics if you don't want to. What did you think well, about the job class system? Yeah. What really stood out for you, Mike? Partially the fact that you can mix and match the jobs by taking whatever one ability you think is the greatest that you've gotten so far and sticking it on regardless of the job you've got. That was very, very handy. Very true. And so in also, saying that, you could you know, you know, could open up magic spells as a white mage and then swap to a warrior and use a limited amount of white magic. Wouldn't really recommend it, that. But. Right. Was it the samurai that had the ability to throw gold at enemies and really yes. destroy them with that? Yes. That was an incredibly handy ability to stick on anyone, really. And see, I never used that one. I was always, I'm always so thrifty in RPGs that I don't like spending my money. And I pop open my save file from Final Fantasy V Advance, and I see that I have over a million gil. <laughs> <laughs> I have a million gil, and I never used the samurai, and I could have just... Used him to tear things apart. But, you know. And all of my characters are equipped with dirks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very thrifty. I don't spend money on anything. If I, if I can find it in a, you know, a dungeon, it's a lot better. Well, okay. What else stood out for you? Somewhere near the three quarters of the way through the game, I just noticed, huh? I have more money through each battle than I'm going to spend, so I might as well try and get rid of it somehow, and that was a very handy way. Um, I'm always afraid the time that I do that, I'm going to run across this cool shop that's selling items <laughs> that, you know, like a win button. Or it's not really Final Fantasy's thing. Final Fantasy's never really been one of those series that you have to, oh crap, I only have enough to buy three pieces of equipment, and I have four people that wear three pieces each. No! Yeah, with the exception of Final Fantasy 1, I, I think that's pretty much... Yeah, I was going to say 1 and 4 had a couple moments like that, but I mean, yeah. in both of those, you could, get, you could you know, go grind and get the money pretty easily. Yeah. Are there any jobs that really stood out for you, Mike? Let me think here. I seem to recall the ninja being incredibly good. I don't know why that would occur to me, but uh, no, uh, it no, does. No. You know, dual wield is not yeah. awesome or anything, and the fact that you're yeah. ninja wouldn't mean anything either. Yeah, I can't understand why everybody likes dual wield. It, it really isn't that useful in 80, no, 18, 20% of the situations will come across them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a really standout job. Was there anything else? I was going to ask Jonathan, you know, I know that you haven't played this one, but mm -hmm. I'm sure you've at least looked up the classes and you've had experience with Which some of Which class these. names look the most cool to you? Yeah, the person actually, who never played it. <laughs> You know, ironically, when I was looking over the the list of classes and a class that I was always I always liked a lot, and granted, this is just on cool factor, but I was always attracted to time mages in all the Final Fantasy job systems. I was uh, time mages, you say? Yeah, time mages, casting yes, quick and slow. Time magic is awesome. Haste, that sort yes. of thing. Who doesn't enjoy a good time mage? I know. 
Time magic is really good in Final Fantasy V, from what I remember. It's good in all the Final Fantasies. Oh, yeah. I found the Hunter really useful also. That, um... Was that an airplane? I don't know. It sounded like somebody's <laughs> landing a plane nearby. Do one of you live under an airport? Or no. I should say under. Near an airport? <laughs> yeah. On a runway, maybe? Road tracks, yes. Airport, no. Uh-oh. Okay. Well, at least you could fly somewhere quick if you did. What were you saying, Mike? Uh, the hunter with its that auto aim skill, or no, it was something else. The rapid fire. That was. I don't know. I hated archers. I hate archers in about any game that's not a tactical game. But yeah, maybe well, I tried the hunter out, and I was surprised at how useful it was. But one thing, since I didn't use them, did they have? Did they require ammo like the original Final Fantasy IV did? Did you have to have ammo for your archers, like a limited number of? I don't remember that actually. arrows. Okay, well, good. I, I remember the uh, rapid fire being four hits for the price of one when you don't need arrows, which was pretty useful. So, Mac, I'm going to guess you were one of those people then that were like, oh, no, limited number of arrows, and you had Rosa punching people in the face to save the arrows for later? <laughs> well, yeah, I've already told you that I hated spending money in games, so I didn't want to have to oh, no, buy more. I just found 20 white arrows. I can't find them in shops. I can only use them 20 times. <laughs> so it's better not to use them at all. <laughs> punch, Rosa, punch. <laughs> she had some fists of steel. I'll have you know that. So She was wearing, like, a white cloth. Yeah, she's I don't think she could bare knuckle people that well. Powerful tiny hands. Trust me, she had powerful hands. She's the prerequisite girl that gets kidnapped. Even <laughs> that little girl Rydia managed not to get kidnapped. <laughs> and of course, she's people from the back row, right? Yeah, yeah she was attacking from the back. from the back row too. But all right, yeah, I didn't. That's the whole reason I don't like archers or anything like that. I like it when they don't have a. Limited amount of arrows. That's what I liked about the DS version of 4 too. Uh, off topic, uh, so the Time Mage, Jonathan, was that the only job you felt looked cool? I know there's. <coughs> see, there was also some cool jobs, uh, like, I guess the Bard. Yeah, Bard. bard. I have my, my, my. I always liked Bards, but, you know, very rarely in any Final Fantasy game is a Bard actually all that useful. So, I have my doubts that it was very good at all. But Bards were always cool in theory. I'm going to give a plug to Hardcore Gaming 101 when they say that the Bard is the most surprisingly decent job. That's what they dub it. You know, they don't call it top tier, but they say they've improved the abilities of it to, to where, you know, he doesn't just sing anymore like a certain Bard in Final Fantasy IV did. But he had the power to, to freeze even the mighty Omega in its tracks. So I guess that's what you were talking about a minute ago, Jonathan, or Mike. Apparently there yeah. is an Omega that you fight. We just don't know about because we didn't care and didn't want to go through that. I'm looking at this article too. Right in the middle of the of the pathway that you have to go through. I probably ran or restarted, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> you know, probably. I, I changed my mind. Looking at this article, my favorite job would be the blue mage because his costume is fantastic. It looks like some incredibly campy, cheesy superhero outfit. Okay, I'll I'll touch on that. The blue mage is. Probably the coolest idea as far as a job class goes, and it is probably the worst implementation 
of a job system, a job in a job system ever. So how does it think, work? How does it work in comparison to someone like Strago in uh, Six? I mean, that's what a blue mage is, right? They they use monsters, magic, and skills and things like that. Yeah, and you've got to be hit by it mm-hmm. in order to learn it. Yeah. So you know the cool things like instant death and you know roulette that'll spin around and kill a random person. You've got to be killed by that in order to learn it. Was there any good ones, or was it just... Because I, I, I know in 6, because uh, there were some really nice ones, f- things that were far nicer than regular magic in 6, but, you know, unless there was something like that in 5 as well, it would, I mean, you know, if, if it's just as good as magic, then, you know, begs the question, why even use it? I remember them being some, there being some pretty good ones in Final Fantasy V, mm-hmm. um, but still, it was just... It just depended on if you wanted to take the time to actually go through and hunt down the rare monsters or was that lucky had enough. the skills. Yeah. Because, you know, who knows? A boss might be the only thing in the game that uses that skill. And if they don't use it on you in that one fight, unless you want to reload the game again. All right, Glenn, did you ever use uh, the Blue Mage at all? Did he disconnect again? I don't think so. Do not- you didn't hear the noise. I'm sorry, I'm here. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I-, I, had the mi- I had the mic muted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I had to get up and get something to drink. I didn't want you to have to hear that. So uh, I don't remember what classes I used that well. I know I know I had a a ninja that. So, so so help me remember right. The way this worked was you had one class that you were, and then you could pick one ability from any that you'd learn from any other class. That was the way it worked, right? Yes. Yeah. You could pick an active ability, and if I remember right, I've got the game right here. I think you could also select a passive ability as well. I meant to load up my uh, my copy before I left and write down what I used real quick so I could be knowledgeable instead of guessing. But the, the main thing, I, but I remember they didn't, you didn't know what the skills were before you learned them, right? Wasn't it a surprise? And then when you learned it, then you saw what it was? You'd go through and you learn different ones at... Um, but you didn't get a heads up on what you were learning. Is that right? I'm checking right now. I've actually got it open. And I don't think so. So yeah, whatever you'd go through and whatever was next to learn. So the most traumatic thing for me was, like, Red Mage had this, you know, thing he learned at max level. And I was like, I wonder where that will be. So I had someone be a Red Mage, like, half the game. And what he eventually learns, I think it takes, like, 9999 points. It was, like, the longest skill you could ever learn. And it was double cast. But then whatever poor soul I had be the Red Mage had been the Red Mage for half the game. So by the time he learned double cast, he was double casting nothing. Like, all he knew were crappy Red Mage spells. So oh. like, I was, whoever was the Red Mage was, like, the weakest character I had. Because I switched him to something else and gave him dual cast as the ability, but he just never caught up to the awesome that was all the other broken characters I had, who, you know, in the time it took him to master Red Mage, everyone else had already run through three or four or five different classes. So... That's, I know that's what one of my characters was. I know I had a, a dual ninja. I remember having a Mystic Knight with a Spellblade. I remember that being really good. And I know I had Time Mage, I think, is one of the early classes you get. And I had someone learn of a Time Mage magic, and I used that all game. I remember, like, Time Mage, this might have been the best Time Mage that Square made in a Final Fantasy. I think, like, it was it was like you were expected you were going to have a Time Mage. He had some real broken spells. He had, like, a spell that reset battle. So if you're yes. doing a boss and the boss killed everyone but the time mage, you could like reset and then you know start everything all over again. was right back from the beginning. Yep, it's oh, like wow. cheating. It was, the, it was like having an easy button. Mm-hmm. It was called return. You could return back to the beginning of battle, 
And, you know, you had like haste all, slow all, um, comet, meteor, quick, uh, float, you know, regen, all kinds of cool stuff. So that's, had, that's all I remember. I, I know there was some combination of a ninja and something and a mystic knight and something and a red mage and something that stunk. And I guess the last person would have been my real mage. So it's probably like a time mage, white mage hybrid. Gotcha. And looking at it, you did get, you always had fight, item, whatever your job normal command was. Like for time mage, it would be time magic and white mage, white magic. And then you could pick up either an active ability or you could take a passive ability as your alternate option. You know, you could do like HP plus 10% or you could do equip shields or equip katanas on a white mage or something crazy like that. Or yeah. I think I might have had two people learn uh, the dual wield for the, the ninja skill because that was so useful in the game. I think I might end up with two dual wielders. It always came in handy for me. But, you know, and you also had the mime you could be. And the mime was very flexible because you could pick was that the one you had to beat a hidden, incredibly hard boss unless you knew the trick to beating him to get? Uh, yes, and if I remember correctly, you know, the trick was made him not hard at all. <laughs> so I fought him and thought he was impossible and then stopped playing the game. And then sometime later was looking up a walkthrough just to just out of curiosity to see what jobs other people had made, just to see mm-hmm. if some of the builds I had done other people did. And while I was doing that, I saw the way to beat him, and it was really easy. I mean, it makes him... I mean, I don't remember what it was, but like no, he kills himself or something. Like it's, all, it's all that you had to do was sit there and do nothing. That's what it was? Yes. Yep. Okay. And you weren't supposed himself? to fight him at all, you just had to do nothing. I, I just pulled up game facts to make sure I was right, because I remember this battle. You had to go all the way to the bottom of a tower, and it yep. was timed. And the battle it was strategy wasn't it? <clears throat> mm-hmm. It was uh, the water tower or something that was underneath. And it says here the battle strategy. It says very much like the Paladin battle in Final Fantasy IV. All you have to do is sit there, listen to it, uh, listen to it talk, and do absolutely nothing. Go have a toilet break, have some cookies, maybe a glass of coke, and come <laughs> back. Yep. And It'll people complain that on like itself. you know only recent only Final Fantasy X and only Final Fantasy XII had obscure things to find. You needed to use a walkthrough for. No, earlier Final Fantasy, those are things you need to walk through for. That's so unintuitive. Unless you just so happen to like, oh no, diarrhea, and put down the game. <laughs> hey, it happens. It happens. Oh. Okay. I'd also like to say that the Geomancer was surprisingly useful for me. I don't think I ever like touched the magic. Kind of like having never-ending magic points. I remember him being nice when I first got the class, and then he was one of the weakest, most underpowered abilities relative to, like, other classes I used. I don't think I had anyone with Geomancer skills. I switched out of it it later in the game, but I found it pretty useful for a while. When you only have three choices, he was one of the top three for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I guess the final thing to touch on as far as the job systems, the four new jobs that they added into Final Fantasy V Advance... And you got four jobs, two of which, if I remember correctly, were completely and utterly broken. And so broken that you could just, you know, use the same skill over and over again and have no Wait, challenge whatsoever. These, were these the classes that you only got after you beat the game? It was like no. in-game content? No, there was... really late in the game and the fourth one you get after beating it. 
Right. Okay. Uh, the fourth one was ne- uh, Necromancer, and it was after beating the bonus dungeon, after beating the game. You got that one. And, you know, it was kind of cool, but I only, I don't like playing I, I after never, I usually yeah, I didn't, the game. I didn't do the bonus dungeon. I went through and got the spell and then never actually used it, so I don't know how useful it really was. But you had, like, Oracle was one of them. Oh, the Gladiator. That was the most broken, I think. Yeah, Cannoneer and Gladiator. Gladiator was absolutely, totally, 100% broken. Yeah, I remember that now. It had a level yeah, 2 attack right. called Finisher, and it did, like, heavy damage. or did 999 damage every time. Yeah, it was either going to do that or it would do nothing, but most of the time it would do, like, 9,999 damage, and you could just beat anything with it. If you had four gladiators, you could go into the final boss and just tear him to shreds. So, yeah. Way to break the game. Final <laughs> Fantasy V Advance was so much easier than the original Final Fantasy V. So. Yeah, I remember that. Now, I never used the Cannoneer, though. I think he had the... Uh... Yeah, there was something. He had some weird. I think he had like an attack all ability, where he used items to attack. There was something. There was some quirk to the way he attacked that was unappealing to me. I don't remember what it was though. Yes, yes, that's what you do. And I remember it being useful, but not so useful that I felt I had to drop everything and make everyone cannoneers. Yeah, the combine ability where you mixed items and explosives to damage all enemies. And, of course, that would use consumables, so therefore I never used that. Yep, Mac wouldn't use it. I might (laughs) need those potions. (laughs) I might. Standard potions that cost 50 gold in the shop. Need 99 points. Heaven forbid I fall below 99. (laughs) But all right, Final Fantasy V really did kind of do right what Final Fantasy III tried to do and what Final Fantasy III started off doing, and that was opening up the job system. Final Fantasy 3. Oh, I have, I have another segue between the games here. They're right. the only two with submarines. Hmm. Uh, that was your segue? I did not That's know. That's a stupid segue, but it's all I've got. I'm sorry. Okay, segue it. Come on, finish the segue. Transition that yeah. into Final Fantasy 3. Yeah, tell us about them. Okay. Mmm, <laughs> submarine. Well, We're a submarine propeller button. has three prongs, and there's three... <laughs> Lines in the Roman normal three. Yeah. And we're talking about Final Fantasy, and in that line. Okay, on that note, Final Fantasy three. Okay. Okay, why do you have random battles on a submarine but not an airship? Tell me that. Because the monsters would fall off the airship, and the submarine, they're all stuck in there reproducing all the time. What he said. I'm not even going to. But couldn't flying enemies fly to the airship? And like just fly on the side. They did in Final Fantasy VI, but yes, they, they hadn't did. figured out how to do that yet in Final Fantasy V. Mm, they're still a little stupid. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, Final Did Fantasy III. I have no idea what you just said. It sounds like you're talking into a tunnel. Hello? We can turn the we can turn the intelligence of enemies over the years in Final Fantasy into an evolution argument. We could. We're not going to, but we could. <laughs> All right, so Final Fantasy III. Um, I kind of saved this one for a second because it was released, you know, like a week <laughs> after Final Fantasy V Advance. So we got two versions of Final Fantasy V before we ever actually saw a legitimate version of Final Fantasy III. And I guess I should just ask, just for the sake of knowing, Mike, did you play Final Fantasy III imported? 
No, I never owned a Nintendo. I played it multiple times, but it was never mine. Okay. So it's not at my disposal to import. All right. So for the sake of this argument, I'm going to assume that all of us have just played the DS version. And by all of us, I mean everybody but Jonathan, and Jonathan has at least read up on it to where he knows everything about it. Wait, so wait, you have 70 DS games, but Final Fantasy is not one of them? Yes. Fail. I only. Uh, this is going to sound really ridiculous, but I only. Is it even on your list? It sounded ridiculous no, when I said it. I don't know how you want to make it sound it's, more ridiculous. It's not on my list. <laughs> hey, Go ahead. I only buy DS games that I think I will enjoy. Which might sound a little ridiculous, but I don't think I'll. End. It's just too old school for me. I don't like. I don't like traditional JRPGs usually. I don't like okay. turn based. Yeah. I'll, I can give you give you that, because Final Fantasy 3 is definitely a, a hardcore game. Mm-hmm. I'll say that much, because <clears throat> we kind of touched on this on the Best of 2008 backtrack, but Final oh, Fantasy... or 2006, sorry. Yeah. I get my years mixed up. I'm dyslexic and partially old. stupid. <laughs> so, and, old. and old. And forgetful. So, yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy 3... No real plot whatsoever. Didn't I mean, it, it had a plot story. It was just super, super, super bland. Didn't they try to? Was, didn't they try to add some character development at least in the the DS one? <laughs> I've heard there was even less yeah. character than in the it's original. Five minutes of it to be added in character development. I no, I wouldn't even say five minutes. Here, I'll give you the summation. Luneth <laughs> is an orphan. He falls <laughs> in a hole. His best friend is a young man by the name of Ark. Ark is a kind person. Luneth is a courageous person. Uh, Raphia, 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 uh, I suck at pronouncing things. Uh, She is affection. Um, Her father was a blacksmith. Mm. And Angus symbolizes determination, and he is a loyal soldier. That's nice. The end. Well, see, that's character. That's character. Oh, there was more you know, plot than that. I didn't say plot. That was character. That was all the character. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That was okay, the character favorite. development right there. That was the character development. Just think of this. You know, One Square. Square thinks so little of the characterization that they gave these characters that they did not even consider using any of them in Dissidia. They just made Onion Knight. So. Well, if you look at it this way, there were the, it was just a different take on the Light Warriors. And the Light Warriors in Final Fantasy 1 had even less characterization. Yeah, they were just Light Warrior. Yeah. I mean, you at least had some people to interact with, and you had, you know, you at least had a town you hailed from. That's one thing that I didn't touch on in Final Fantasy 1 that really bothered me. Where the heck did you come from? <laughs> did you just appear? Distant lands. You're just an adventurer <laughs> in the yeah. forest. What distant lands? You visit the entire world. What distant lands did you come from? Apparently somewhere you know, so when you're far and distant that you can't visit it. Mm-hmm. Apparently. You know, when you were complaining about Last Remnant, and Mike and I in our East reviews uh, recently, you know, a lot of these JRPGs start out with some random person who gets asked to help, and then he just does it. Or he asks other people to help them, and they just do it. And it never makes any sense. Like, why are you so eager to help everyone you meet? Because One of the things it. that was good about Final Fantasy III was, you know, the crystals are a sense of, you know, a holy power kind of thing. So it makes more sense to me that a random person you wouldn't usually care about, God tells you to go save the world, and then you do it. 
That, that, that's a better story premise than a doll running around helping people in East <laughs> or whatever happens in Last Remnant where the general yeah, sends an army to find your sister. I don't exactly. know. Uh, yeah. When the, light lo- when the white light says, go save the world, you do it. You, know? you do it. You don't you need don't... any more characterization in it. But at least you, you, know, you had a town you came from and you know, the DS version, so that's, that's something, I guess. You give it that. And then you met, meet Sid... And it's the second Sid ever in existence, and of course he has something to do with an airship. Of course. So, yay. Um, there really isn't much to talk about as far as the story goes in this yes, game. It's, tell so, me. All right, you tell me what there is about the story. Well, unlike other Final Fantasy games, <clears throat> it begins with something that happened a thousand years ago. Like the War of the Magi, <laughs> or the Void and X-Death being sealed in a tree, <laughs> and so on and so on. Yeah. So, what was the plot of Final Fantasy III? It was like a thousand <laughs> yeah. years ago, the good, guys, the good guys went rampant, and the good guys were going to harness the power of the crystals to destroy the world. But then the Dark Warriors stopped them. And a thousand years have passed, and now the opposite is happening, where the powers of darkness is trying to destroy the world, so the Light Warriors are appearing to stop them. It wasn't like the whole world is caught in some time freeze. There was some great mage that died. When he died, he gave his three apprentices gifts. And one of his apprentices, the gift he gave him was mortality, which rightfully pissed him off. Like, (laughs) that's my gift? I get to die and the other two live forever? So he gets angry and he seals, he ends time on the entire world. Because if time ends, then he'll never die if time is frozen. And that's the plot of the game. And somehow there's a darkness that's taking control of him and it wants to destroy the world. The end. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now so. you don't need to play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, that's basically the plot. Yeah. See, that's better than what you said. Yeah, but I think I was more accurate. Than it was saying. not a great, There's no plot. <laughs> it was not a great story, no. The fact that, you know, the plot's not memorable at all says says enough about it. But... <clears throat> Look at the quick history of what happened with Final Fantasy III. You know, it was released for the NES in two, 1990, and like oh, I right. think I think Mike said, it was around the same year that Final Fantasy One came out here in North America. So you know, we knew we were probably never going to see that. We didn't know that at the time, but it makes sense now looking back on it. And then they decided they were going to port it in 2000 to the Wonder One Color, <clears throat> and yeah, that fell through. And which is a good thing because you know the Wonder Color we, never made it we, over. We wouldn't have seen it anyway if they did port it to the Wonder exactly. Swan. So then, yeah, they finally announced, and I remember Square doing this. They had a poll on their site, or it was through Famitsu or something along those lines, where they were asking which Final Fantasy would they most like to see redone, and people were voting for three because it had never been tackled again, and. You know, North America had never seen it, and I remember drooling over this game. And I remember, you know, when I was younger and having played, you know, four and six at the time, drooling over three and five because I could look online at Game Facts and places like that and read about the job classes and all that fun stuff. But, you know, never really got to know that they were, you know, that's really all they were. That was the exciting part about them was the job class, you know. So, yeah, we finally saw the DS version in 2006. So, anything else memorable about this game to you all? Or is You're it so cruel. Jobs? I am. I'm very cruel. This was, uh, when I played it, this was my favorite DS game of the time. And it stayed mm-hmm. my favorite DS game until Etrian Odyssey came out in 2007. 
You must so, have played a lot of DS games. I don't know. I did. I, I'm one of those people that thinks that DS games are a lot of good, not great games. This well, was the first great DS game I played. Back then, a lot of the DS games were kind of good, not yeah. great games. There's a lot but better. I, I still now. think this is one of this is still one of my favorite RPGs. And if you don't count a port like Chrono Trigger, this would still be you know one of the top two or three RPGs for me. Wow. I really liked it. You're very fond of Final Fantasy III for I some reason. It, Why do you it like it so much? Tell me. I think it was expectation. I think a lot of the reason it's one of those things where you go into it expecting something. Like you. You like Final Fantasy II, even though it is the worst Final Fantasy ever made, not <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII. And the reason why is because everyone told you it was horrible, and you're insane, and you reviewed it three or four times. <laughs> and by the eighth through, you forgot how horrible it was. See, for me, I went into Final Fantasy III with, like, no expectations. And I think if you went into it, and I played it um, played it before I played Final Fantasy V. So if you played Final Fantasy, or if you knew what Final Fantasy V was like, and you knew what the job class system was in that, most of the complaints I hear about Final Fantasy III are about the class system, how, uh, you know, brokenly stupid it is. But I, I guess didn't mind it. I guess I mean, it's like a bad smell that you just get used to over time is what happened with Final Fantasy well, it, you know, it's Final Fantasy 2. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, Tactics let you combine multiple classes. And Final Fantasy 5 let you combine two or three classes. This didn't let you combine classes at all, and people threw up their hands. And it was very traditional and very old school, and for whatever reason, people threw up their hands at that. I thought there was nothing wrong with this. And the, I guess people hate the graphics, too. Which, I mean, they're not... Yeah. They're not beautiful, but especially for 2006, so 3D was not that bad. No, I'm so the graphics I just, a graphics A lot of the complaints people had about it, I mean, just for a traditional RPG, if you're in the mood to, to play a traditional RPG, uh, JRPG, I mean, I liked it. I, it wasn't a lot of customizability, especially compared to 5 and Tactics, but I mean, you, you could customize your party. People just wanted to be able to customize it more, and it, if you haven't played it yet, I mean, the way it worked is you pick one class for a character. And when you change classes, stats completely flip over to the new class. So if you level up a wizard to max level and then flip to a fighter, you have a full fighter's stats. It was like you were never a wizard. And that was what upset people was if you spend, you know, 20 hours of a game as a wizard and then click the knight button, you shouldn't suddenly have the power of the knight and the intelligence of an ant. You know, you should still be somewhat (laughs) wizard in you. And I guess from some sort of, you know, gameplay realistic you know, it was like they had this whole wardrobe of outfits. I thought it was cute. But it was like they had this wardrobe of outfits where they changed classes, and suddenly they looked like the classic blue, you know, uh, black mage. Suddenly they looked like a fighter, and each of the four got their own uniforms. I don't know. I thought it was cute. All right. <laughs> There's not a reason why I like the game, but... <laughs> you thought it was cute. You like, <laughs> you like playing yeah, dress-up. So yeah, the, you're my little, my little arc doll. <laughs> All right. I, I like that. And people people complain about the challenge too. I mean, I suppose if you're talking about things people remember from Final Fantasy III, the most horrible and scarring thing about Final Fantasy III was the difficulty of the ending sequence. Yes. But the only other thing that I thought was bad about the game, I've complained about it elsewhere on stuff we've recorded. But the the Garuda fight with a giant winged bird yes. that can like only be attacked by dragoons, that was the one part in the game where they killed the ability to customize, and you had to make if not a party of only dragoons, you needed a, you know at least two or three dragoons, and it was the only in the whole game you could be whoever you wanted to be, and then you suddenly hit this one plot point where it said, "Here's the dragoon class. Now you must use it to progress." Whereas everything else, I liked how you know in a way how open ended it was, how you could customize the characters. So those are the two problems I had the game. Just that one spot with Garuda 
which ticked me off because I had to go level a new class for all four characters. And then, you know, the ending being absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, before I jump in, I'm looking at our staff reviews and I see oh, no. that, I see that Mike and myself both are the lowest rated for Final Fantasy III. So Mike on the podcast or Mike and he owns RP Gamer? Mike on the podcast. So I'm transitioning over to Mike. I want to know what you liked and disliked about this game. Oh boy. Um, what did I like? What I liked is more or less how it's sort of a prototype of Final Fantasy V, which I think did the job system better for the customization reasons that Glenn just mentioned. Uh, what I didn't like is how Whenever you change to a different class, for a little while your stats are down. That just it was like me two off. battles. It wasn't that long. Wah, wah. <laughs> it made a big it, difference when you were in a they were always bad dungeon. So yeah, there's this brief when you change classes to keep you from somehow abusing that for like three or four <laughs> battles, your stats like drop to one, and you're absolutely useless, and you will die. And mm-hmm. then your stats go up to being you know whatever they would be for that class. Right. First thing, I thought it was silly they did it, because I thought it had such little impact on the gameplay. Yeah, it was really pointless, except to just frustrate you. But I like the challenge, too. I think that games today are too easy. These darned kids, you know, <laughs> back in my day. So it was fun playing. <laughs> I guess, like, Etrian Odyssey being the game that replaced this as my favorite RPG on the DS is, like, a good example. I, I prefer challenging games. I liked that Final Fantasy III was tough and made you think while you played it. Well, see, that's one thing I can actually take pride in, even though I'm Easy Street. I was able to beat this game and, you know, didn't cheat, didn't have to do anything like that. I was able to beat it, so yay. Yay me. <laughs> was there anything else you didn't like about this, Mike? Uh, for whatever reason, you can only use quick saves in dungeons, which I understand is supposed to increase the retro factor, because you couldn't save it anywhere outside of the overworld in the original version. But if you do it on the DS, then that becomes kind of a pain, just say the battery is starting to die and you have to depend on the quick save to get you through. And, yeah, the final dungeon, spoiler alert, once you decide to fight the guy who's really, really ticked off that he got mortality and the other two disciples got, um, what was it, Kingdom of Dreams and Charge of Magic or whatever, once you beat him, you've hit the point of no return and you go off into the dark world, I think it was, and... You don't have to fight four other bosses at this point, but if you don't, then the final boss is even more powerful. And there are random battles while you run around there. So you've hit a good, at least an hour, I would say, where if you screw up at any point, you have to go back through the entire final dungeon that leads up to the guy who's really ticked off at well, being mortal. It's, it's actually it's worse than you're making it sound. You have to go, the ending sequences, mm-hmm. you have to go through a dungeon, and then go through a longer dungeon, and then fight a boss, and then go to the dark world, where you get to fight four more bosses with random encounters, and then you fight the final boss of the game. Yes. If you die anywhere, and it was about two hours for me when I did it. If you died anywhere in that, you had to go all the way back to the first of two dungeons before all the bosses. But thankfully, before you entered the certain, a certain point, you could go all the way back through the first two dungeons and save yeah. and recover and then go back. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it was a pain all the way through. I beat that boss gauntlet on my first try, but I can see that if I had died at that once or twice, I probably would have been so ticked off I wouldn't have played the game again. And I totally understand that, but I think I did. I was leveled up enough by that point that I didn't have any issues, so... 
You guys didn't give the game too low for the final boss, and then and then I discovered that my ninjas had so little magic defense that the final boss was able to kill them in one round before I could heal them. So that kind of sucked. Yeah, but this was was the game that like. Oh, sorry. Good. My other two people lived just long enough for me to kill her. So go me, I guess. Yeah. What about you, Jonathan? Was there anything that you? remembered hearing about this game, anything that really stood out for you, at least talking about, you know, you said you were afraid you wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. What was there about it being too tr- too traditional? What really made that a negative for you? Uh, I don't know, too simple. I mean, there, you can have, it's not the necessarily the elements of, of really old RPGs because um, there was a game called, I think it's Gaudia Quest on uh on yeah. Retro Game Challenge. I really enjoyed that, but that's because it had, took things that we've learned over the last, you know, say, 15, 20 years, and applied them to something modern, so there isn't kind of the old style of things, to, that you know, the baggage that you get with a lot of old games. I didn't want to risk just trudging through that again. So, I mean, I'm not sure if it's necessarily like that or not, but I didn't feel like actually going into it again. Most of the I things, yeah, most of the things that I, I enjoy anymore are things that are weird and different, so... Well, here's my thing. I thought there was so much potential with this remake, so much they could have done to make it really accessible to a lot of people. And, you know, it it didn't even have to be easier. You know, like Glenn likes, if you like the game to be hard, you didn't have to make it easier. Um, Just give a little more as far as what you could do with it. I didn't have a problem with the graphics. You know, people complain that the graphics 3D sucks on the DS. I don't care. It didn't bother me a bit. you know, they had some nice full motion video at the opening, and that's all it was. Just like a lot of the other remakes that they've done here recently. They, ooh, we have new FMV. And then, you know, you get like 20 seconds of it at the beginning at the title screen, and that's it. Um, the fact that they added personalities to the characters. They gave you four characters, gave you personality, and then did nothing with it after the first hour or two of the game. Well, I think the problem there was that they hyped that. Like, yay, exactly. now they have personality. Like, no, no, they didn't. You just gave no. them faces. A you face them, is not a personality. You gave a face and a name, and they look different, but you didn't do anything else with it. They would have been better off just, you know, even letting you design your own character or just well, They'd giving... have been better off shutting up about it instead of making it sound like it was a great big deal. But they had yeah. some guy draw four people, and then that was it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was, that was pretty sad. And they didn't do anything new, really, with... Uh, I guess with the interface of the game and the the fact that, you know, like you were talking about the Garuda battle that you had to go through there, they didn't really give you any other options. They didn't change enough to really make it seem like a new, fresh game. It really did feel like you were playing the 1990 version just with a new coat of paint. Isn't that that what we wanted? Like, before you played it, if someone had said, do you want to play Final Fantasy III just, you know, easier to look at now. Isn't that... I mean, that's what I would have wanted. I wanted the original game. See, that's where I I differ on ports and remakes and stuff like that. If you're going to go through and make something totally new, I think you have an opportunity to make it... There's a fine line... This is the only version we got to play. Like with Final Fantasy IV DS, they could tweak things all over the place because they know that we have three different ways to play the game. But this was the only chance we had to play it. I would rather them keep it at original. And if they want to gussy it up and make it easy, 
or easier to play in the future, they can do that on the DSi WiiWare download version they make in a few years. Well, still, they've, uh, yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's still what I'm saying as far as the fact that they did add some little things here and there and that they did add a few things to try to, you know, just just like going back to the, the characters, you say they should have just shut up about it. I agree totally in that aspect because if they're going to go ahead and do something like that and they are going to add a little more to it, why not go ahead? I'm not saying to change the game drastically. I'm not saying to change it horribly, but I, I feel like all they did literally was just that new coat of paint. And yeah. I mean, really, it's just a port with different graphics. Yeah. And is that the problem you have is they try to act like it was a remake when really all they did was, you know, port it in 3D? Yeah. You know, I guess to sum it up, that probably is the easiest thing. I just think they're – I didn't want them to go too far, but I feel like they could have gone farther than what they did. So. One, one thing, from the screenshots I've seen of the original, there were often a lot more enemies on the screen than there are in the new – in the DS version. Yeah, I know the 3D engine, the way they decided to do that, kind of did that, uh, kind of narrowed yeah. it down there. And yeah, that, did a- Mike, Mike is right there. That was one of the limitations that they had. Because it was one of the things they kind of fixed in Final Fantasy IV, was they were able to have more enemies on the screen. Well, yeah, they they didn't use the top screen for anything throughout the game, except for when you were in shops. The top screen was blank throughout the game. <laughs> I don't remember that. I believe you, though. I think they had a map. No, I th- when you went into the map mode, that's the one thing. You'd have you'd have the overworld map, and you know, other than that, I think when you were in dungeons, it was different. You know, I'm I'm on my airship right now, yeah. and I'm I'm saying that top screen's that. completely blank. Square is so lazy when they when you were on the localized stuff. Yeah, when you're on the overworld, yeah, you've got the map, but when you go into a dungeon, nothing. It's just you know, top screen's completely blank. It's like yawn, do something, guys. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, Final Fantasy 3, I, I hate to bash it because I am glad that we got the game. And I'm not going to complain too much about the fact that it's not as good as it could have been. And yeah, I'm looking. You know, I'm in a battle right now and the top screen's completely blank. This so. harkens back too to what we talked about with the last backtrack where I said that I thought if you took Final Fantasy 1 and stripped away the challenge, it became an almost unplayable game. I kind of, mm-hmm. it's it's really, I didn't use those words, but that's just my same mind. My same mindset with Final Fantasy III was I want them to keep the challenge there. And I think if they took away the challenge too much, I mean, you, did you have a problem with the challenge overall or just, just no. the ending and the, the implementation is your problem? And, and even the ending, you know, since I knew about that going into it, I was prepared for it. There were some battles in there that were kind of frustrating, but I wasn't ever to the point where I was like, oh, God, this is so hard. I'm never going to beat it. You know, the challenge did make it playable. If it was easy and it uh, yeah, there would have been no point in it. I'd have been probably through it in about ten hours and been done, and never have gone back to it. Do you remember what classes you used? Yes, you played I it more recently it. than I did. Mm-hmm. I actually I played it in December of '06, so I guess I finished Final Fantasy V and then jumped right into Final Fantasy III. And the crazy things, Final Fantasy XII was released like two weeks before this one, so it was like three weeks in a row we got a, a Final Fantasy game. Um, I used, um, I had Lunath be kind of, um, it was like a Dragoon, and he'd swap between that and a Gladiator, and I think I had Ingus be a Knight. I'm trying to remember the names of the jobs specifically. And yeah, knight, knight is a job. I think I ended up having Lunath be a Ninja near the end, and 
Um, no, I had uh, Dark Knight. There was a Dark Knight. I had Raphia be the Dark Knight, and I had Ark as my healer. So I kind of turned them on their head. I always do that when they give me that option. When they give you a girl that's supposed to be like the cutesy little girl that you're supposed to make <laughs> into the white mage, I always make her into like the most powerful melee f- fighter just for the sake. <laughs> she becomes the knight. It's like in Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> Pinello was my uh, paladin. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. But okay. Yeah, as uh, somebody races off into the distance. <laughs> yeah, we just lost some listeners. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else y'all would like to touch on as far as Final Fantasy? What about the horrible Mognet that you had to like send messages to uh, online friends in order to unlock the Onion Knight and some? I think the job cards. I'll say this: Square to date has done an absolutely pathetic job with their online stuff, especially on the DS. And I'm hoping maybe that changes with uh, Echoes of Time that's coming out. Maybe they'll get this one a little cleared up, but. That was the most gimmicky, pathetic thing I've ever seen, is you just sent messages to different people in order to unlock something. Why? You know. And That was you know, why I made a GameSpot forum account. I went on I went on GameSpot and found a stranger to exchange codes with me so we could send messages back and forth. But I didn't understand how it worked. I think like, you have to send five. If, was it you send a seven and it unlocks it? I think but so. I, I didn't know. I like sent him 12. I didn't, I didn't know how many it was. You just think some idiots. And couldn't you only send like one an hour or something along yeah, those lines? Yeah, you had to jack up the DS clock. You had to like send one, power down, change, tell the DS an hour passed, power up. Yep. Send another power down. Tell the DS that it moved forward another hour, and that was how you did it. Yeah, so absolutely pointless. Totally and not just, worth it. No, gimmicky, and I ended up not even really using the Onion Knight at all because finding the equipment for him was it? Did you have to find the equipment? I don't remember even getting them, so I can't remember exactly what you did with these. So. I looked at a fact. This apparently the Onion Knight only becomes useful if you power level to ninety plus. Yeah. Yeah, he's really that's why I remember. And then, like, when he hits level 97, suddenly his stats ramp up. And when he hits 99, he's by far the most powerful thing in the game. And by that but point, you don't need it. <laughs> by that point, you beat the game 20 hours ago. Yeah. But looking at my uh, saves, I think I was at level 61 when I beat the game. All my characters were. So, am I looking at the right game, though? Maybe I'm looking at... I'm in a battle right now, so I Sound- can't tell. It sounds right. You you got pretty high level in that game. Yeah. Well, I hate to give Final Fantasy III the, the short end of the stick. I just really felt like it didn't have enough content. You know, the job class system, they did do tweaks to it, and they did improve jobs that were kind of pathetic in the original version. And they did, at the same time, they toned down the Ninja and Sage, which were the ultimate jobs for Final Fantasy III NES version. And they toned those down and made them just really basic and kind of side, you know, put them along the lines of the other games, too. Oh, one other thing that was kind of cool that they did was they brought in the rotating optional character that you got to, um, you know, an NPC that was hanging out with your party. Oh, yeah, and would occasionally jump in with a spell or whatnot. Yes. I thought that was a neat little add-in. I thought it was a little too random to be useful, (laughs) but, you know... It was better than just having somebody following you that yeah, did nothing. It, it made you feel like they were there, at least. Yeah, because I remember there were some times that one of them jumped in and would cast Cure or, you know, attack the 
enemies and stuff like that. And they couldn't be hit, so you didn't have to worry about keeping them alive or anything. So This is the game that also had a level where it was like a fun house or a trap. Like a, a uh, I guess fun house, I'll just stick like a house of mirrors kind of thing. Like there were doorways you could only walk through when you were tiny, so you had to shrink everyone in your party to make them stink. And then you had to oh. run around the dungeon and fight random encounters while yep. you had tinied your party. I thought that was, I loved that. I, I'm sure it drove people nuts, but I thought it was a really funny, interesting mechanic, have, forcing you to fight with you jacking up all your characters on purpose. And see, you pretty much, did you win any battles like that, or did you just run? You could I think if you spells, created mages. Yeah. yeah, you could, I remember the, the mages could still do stuff. Everyone else was worthless. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think that was about it. Um, so, a Maxstorm, I'm looking yes. at your review now. You gave Final Fantasy V and Final Fantasy III the same score. Yes, I did. So you, you thought they were equally terrible? I didn't think either of them were terrible. <laughs> I thought Final Fantasy V was just kind of mid-range. There were some unique things in there. I like more in than this just having a job. You were, you were a lot more positive about five than you were about three. Why yeah. is that? You know, that's a good question. Um, in thinking about Final Fantasy III, I thought that it was probably my own hype that kind of let me down. You know, I had wanted the game. I'd been so excited about it. I let, you know, I let my own excitement about the game kind of shade me into what I thought it would be and how I thought they had handled it. And when I got in there, I was just kind of disappointed because it was just kind of a, a flat game. And I thought both of them were very similar, and both of them scored about the same, because, you know, <clears throat> I thought Final Fantasy III, you know, did something new. It was the first time we saw it, so I couldn't butcher it for being what it was. Where Final Fantasy V, it was still kind of the same as far as the gameplay goes, but they made it easier, so it was kind of less enjoyable as far as that goes. And it kind of got balanced back up by the, you know, the quirky localization and the fact that it didn't take itself really seriously, so... In the end, I thought both of them were about middle of the road. Um, I think Final Fantasy III really just got the negative end because I had so much hype about it and was looking forward to it, so I just kind of let myself down in that aspect. So so looking back, you know, with a couple of years for the games to settle in your mind, you'd still say they're about equally fun? Yeah, I would okay. have to say that still. See, I, I agree with you, but I would say they're equally fun, and I would put them as more fun than you put them. I would probably give them... I probably would have... If I reviewed Final Fantasy III, I probably would have given it like a 4 out of 5. I would, would have called it a great game, because I really enjoyed it. And I felt the same way about Final Fantasy V. I just... I liked being able to play, you know, what, what kind of feel like the last two old Final Fantasies I'll ever play, you know? Right. Was I kind of wish there were more long-running series like this that I skipped every other game in. Because, like, as it is, I don't really have that many new games I can go back from the Nintendo, Super Nintendo era. I have Secret of Evermore and Earthbound that I skipped. If I ever play those two games, there will be no more Super Nintendo RPGs left for me to play. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nice being able to play something that felt like it was, you know, literally pulled out of the past. True. And I guess that's one thing, too, is the, the fact that the interface and everything about Final Fantasy III still felt like they could have touched more up without harming the classic style that it had kind of was frustrating to you know the yeah, saving the fact that you could is, go ahead well 
Yeah, in the shops, you and when you get weapons, you can't tell what classes can equip them unless you are that class. That I found kind of annoying. There was just, there were more things you could have done as far as. Wait, but what's the point of knowing what classes you don't have can equip them? Because if you're going to switch to that class, you're not going to do it in the middle of a dungeon. You would have done it in the shop anyway, right? Usually. Okay, I just, I don't, I don't mean I don't remember that. I just, I wouldn't think that was much of a big deal. Yeah. I think the, um, I don't remember specifically. Help me remember as far as, um, like reviving characters that had died and, um, were there tents? Am I remembering that there were or were not tents or anything like that in this one? Or did you have to go all the way back to like an inn or? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, my mind's going blank. I was remember that you couldn't buy Phoenix Downs, so early on that could really... No, if you played well, I mean, smart. This was definitely a game that you needed to make a white mage immediately and have someone with healing spells all game. Right. But, yeah. I don't think either of them were bad games. And, you know, I played through them, enjoyed them. I wouldn't say that they were horrible by any means, but there just wasn't enough about them that really made them stand out and seem great or good to me. They just seemed like they were, they were average and they kind of hit right there in the middle mark for me. They, there was just always a constant feeling of bordering on being good that it just never jumped to. So. You know that um, Sakaguchi's favorite Final Fantasy was, of the first eight was Final Fantasy V. Was it now? Just, yeah, random trivia. But, I mean, you know, I think everyone who worked on Nine, Nine was their favorite. I don't know if it was like they knew it was the last one they were working together in that group or what. But, like, no. like Uematsu, doesn't he say his favorite score is the one he wrote in Final Fantasy Nine? I think, I think I Sakaguchi that. says that Nine is his favorite one. Yeah. Before Nine existed, Five was uh, Sakaguchi's favorite. And I can totally understand, you know, the job system really is fun. And for somebody that wants to kind of create their own character and create their own style of play, you don't get any better than... Well, clearly he prefers the lighthearted ones, because 5 and 9 were the most lighthearted Final Fantasies, if that was his two favorites. That too. Well, is there anything else about good old Final Fantasy 3 that you all would like to touch on? I'm empty. Um, uh, nothing here. I like... Look, that's all I've got to say. I, I didn't have a problem with the graphics. I'll say the soundtrack really didn't stand out for me at all. Yep. I, know. I don't remember much of anything at all about it. I know the I've got it, but yeah, it was just kind of bland to me as well, so there wasn't anything that really stood out about the soundtrack for me. So that was another point that really didn't go for me on that. So, All right, well... Ladies and gentlemen, that ends yet another RPG backtrack. And we'll wrap it up by saying goodbye to Final Fantasy 3 and Final Fantasy 5. And tell you all to watch out for next month's. We're going to try to have next month's done maybe a little earlier so that somebody can leave us sooner if they want to. Freedom! Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> We what? might have to, we might have to drag him around. We haven't decided if he's going to. I feel like you've been dragging me around for the last eleven months. I know, and I've still got a few months left in me, so uh, I'm not going <laughs> to let you do with, that easily. What are we going to do with Valhalla Nights 3 when it comes out? I mean, or Elder Saga. The I am Wii. not reviewing Valhalla Nights 3, no matter what. <laughs> I will never, ever play that game. It's coming out on the Wii, and I almost guarantee you we're going to get it. So <laughs> prepare yourself. You're going to get a copy whether you want it or not. So. I'm just going to show up in the mail one day. 
Yep. Burn it. This, it'll be in your house, and you'll be I'll like, put it in the microwave and videotape myself nuking it for you. <laughs> awesome. We've had that done before. You've seen it, so. <laughs> I've seen, yes. All right. Well, that's it for today. I'd like to thank uh, Jonathan for editing and recording this for us and for being a part of this, even though we've kind of tortured him by talking about games that, yet again, he doesn't really have as much experience on. And I think nice. Hopefully we will remedy that next month. And yeah, I I'd also like to thank Mike and Glenn for being with us and giving us insightful comments and not-so-insightful comments and useful segues and not-so-useful segues. You're going to remember that for a long time, aren't you? <laughs> Something about them both having a submarine. That was the best you could do. I know. I remember the minor little details. I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday or two, ate for dinner two hours ago, but I'll remember that. Just like I remember conversations I had with Glenn about, you know, review copies. Well, on that note, ladies and Conversations we'll never have again. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, that is all for now. And I'd just like to thank you all for joining us and thank everybody for listening. Feel free to email us. Uh, I, I did finally receive the very first email at backtrack at rpgamer.com. It was a spam email. I sent it to the Aww. spam box, but uh, I hadn't even been getting spam to that account. So apparently, you know, it's totally useless. Send us email. Give us feedback on the forums. You know, Review us on iTunes. We actually do have some reviews on iTunes. Have you all yeah, seen I, I those? Yeah, I read them. I was, it yes. was impressive that people reviewed. So thank you all for giving us the reviews on iTunes. And I know we're still kind of rough around the edges. We don't do this every single week. And it kind of, you know, when you're only on episode seven, I guess you're still going to be a little rougher than people that are on episode like 70, like the RPG cast. Ooh, they're, but, uh, they're like 76 now, aren't they? Uh, yeah, 70 plus. Mm-hmm. And, and they're weekly too. It helps. You know. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing the best we can. But thank you for your feedback. We'll gladly take these into considerations. Like I've said before, you know, it's we're just kind of limited in what we can talk about just by, you know, who we have to talk about things. So it's not that we're ignoring your suggestions of what to talk about. It's just we don't always have the option of it. But we're going to shake some things up, and we're just kind of hitting a, a series right now, and it'll kind of wrap up with the next month's episode. And then we've kind of got the next two planned. Hello, everybody. We'll go from there, and apparently we just started another backtrack. <laughs> really, we record these all at once. Now they know our secrets, I know. and then we just put them out every month and that, use that as an excuse for what we that, that wasn't me messing up something. <laughs> no, no. It sounded. It was like those mirrors within a mirror within a mirror. It's a backtrack within a backtrack. It's kind of scary. All right. Well, thank you all again, and thank you all for listening. And that is it for the RPG backtrack. Episode 7. Bye. 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 Adios. Bye-bye.